Hey everybody, welcome to the Creative Ones podcast. I'm your host as always, Justin James, and today I'm joined with a special guest, Gio Johnson. Uh, he is an actor, entertainer. Uh, Gio does pretty much everything in the realm. He's a writer, he's a producer, all kinds of stuff in entertainment. Uh, anything that has to do with uh, entertaining you or bringing you into a world that uh, may not be where you are right now, uh, Gio is a part of that. Uh, so welcome, Gio. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Justin. It's an honor to be here. No problem. Uh, Gia is also <laughs> a good friend of mine, so he's going to probably <laughs> probably going to uh, act up on this uh, episode, which is fine. But uh, I'm glad to have him. I've been trying to get Gio on here for a while, but, you know, he's been booked and busy, so it's been really hard to get him on here. Oh, boy. Yeah. I've been trying to get here for three seasons. He's, he replaced me. He's been hanging outside the studio, so we finally <laughs> let him in. We gave him a spot. Uh, I forgot to mention that Gio was also the host of – uh, his internet show, uh, Kickback. Uh, so it's Kickback with Gio. Uh, and so this is a show where Gio yes. pretty much, well, you could tell us, Gio, what is the, let's start off with that and then we'll get into more of your acting career. The more most recent thing you've been doing is the Kickback. Yes. Uh, so the Kickback actually started by accident during quarantine. I was uh, doing like a game night on Friday nights on Instagram Live because everyone was bored in the house. And I'm like, how can I entertain people? And uh, I just did it one night, and I was like, okay, this was fun. This was cute. But I kept getting messages from people asking, when are you going to do it again? What else are you going to do? And I was like, I didn't plan on this being being a thing. Yeah. And I got a message from someone who told me, like, this is the first time I've smiled during quarantine. And I was like, oh, wow. So I was like, okay, what can I do to make this bigger and consistent? Mm-hmm. So call called my best friend, Chloe, who uh amazing at production. Um, she's great when it comes to producing. And she said, let's just make it a talk show. Right. And I'm like, okay, how are we going to make this a talk show? So we broke it down into three days. Um, Monday would be music. Mm-hmm. We have artists come on, play song association. Uh, Tuesdays was talk back Tuesdays. We had people from Disney and Nickelodeon, um, people with million dollar companies. Uh, we had the Ashley Munson on for an episode. Yeah, she's been on our episode. <clears throat> Ashley Munson has been on our uh, show before. The uh, Yeah, and that's why I didn't think we could get her. <laughs> Vice President-elect like, Ashley Munson. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Ashley. Shout out to the Ashley Munson. Um, and then two Wednesdays, is we want to find a day to get the audience involved, mm. where they weren't just watching, but they felt like they were a part of the show, mm. um, besides just asking questions. And that's when we did Fence the Lyrics. And um, I would just give back. Um, winner each week would give maybe like five dollars, you know, whatever, whatever was in the budget yeah. for that week. <laughs> but yeah, so um, <clears throat> kind of just grew way bigger than what we expected, um, especially with the guests. I was getting people I never would think would say yes to the show, just simply by just sliding in their DMs. And we kind of adopted the motto of. If they say yes, great. If they say no, we'll see you when you're ready to say yes. This is really a prime opportunity uh, that you guys took of just taking uh, just something you were doing for fun. You caught attention of other people and just using creativity to enhance it and take it to the new level, which I think is what most actors have the ability to do because they're able to take moments and they're able to make them into uh, shows, able to make them into short films, scripts, whatever it is. And I think that was just, uh, you know, really good of you guys, especially during quarantine. We had a lot of people in quarantine just having nothing to do. So taking advantage of 
uh, not being able to probably be on a set or do what you normally would do and going to interviews and, and stuff like that. You guys are able to yeah. create a platform for yourself and also create a platform for other people to come on. Um, and the show also has a nostalgic feel to it. So a lot of the things kind of bringing yep. people back to a simpler time, an easier time, a more enjoyable time than 2020 had been for most people. So I thought it was very important. Um, I thought it was very genius. And I know you guys got some stuff coming down the pipeline for it. Uh, so yeah. definitely looking forward to that. But if you don't know, the majority of what Geo does, and that's uh, the topic of our uh, show today, is acting, creative acting, is uh, Geo, uh, I think, has a more oppressive resume maybe than he would probably let on. Um, I think he has a resume that most people in his yeah. in acting as long as he have uh, <laughs> may not have. Um, and so I really want you to talk to us about your acting career. Cause I, first off, when did you decide or know that you wanted to be an actor um, and kind of, how did that take off from you? Um, I don't know. It was an early age, uh, you know, mid adolescence. When did that actually click when you decided, because being an actor is a very uh, risky Field. It is all depends Very on work. Risky. It's not a nine to five job. Even if you work on TV shows, the most famous TV shows always end. So then the day you're never guaranteed a full time job. So when did you decide? In other words, I want to be, uh, as they say, starving artists. <laughs> right. Um, so I decided at a young age that I want to be in entertainment. I just love to entertain people. I was always a kid that was performing and my mom and my family saw that. So I'll be the kid that they would volunteer for the Easter speech or if we at the family reunion, go up there and do your little poem, baby. <laughs> you know? um, so welcome, I took dance. To welcome you tight twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. That was me in my little suit. Listen, um, but I started off in dance classes, which is what a lot of people don't know. <clears throat> really? Um, I went, yeah. I, uh, I started off with three different dance classes at a like dance like mm -hmm. it was a dance studio. Like they were serious about this competitions, everything. So it was called studio one. Um, and I took ballet, jazz and hip hop and tap. Mm -hmm. I took hip hop later on, but the three that I started off with was ballet tap and uh, jazz. So for those of so, you who are listening and you didn't know geo is a tap dancer. Yes. Okay. I, I, I tapped. Yes. tapped. <laughs> that was my favorite form of dance too. Actually. I love tap. I wish I would have stuck with it, but I, I didn't have a passion for it, mm -hmm. um, for dance overall. I liked the feeling of being on stage and the performance aspect of it, but I was like, oh, I'm not really into the dance thing. So when I was about eight or nine, my aunt uh, took us out of school one day and said, hey, you guys are going to go film this infomercial for one of the boards I'm on. She was uh, um, one of the head librarians for the Chicago Library Park District, and they were doing this big event called the Bookathon. And they needed, you know, some ethnic-looking kids to be yeah. in the commercial. And so she took me and her daughter, and we went and filmed for a whole day down to NBC Studios. And I was like, I love this. Mm -hmm. I don't know what this is, but I just fell in love with it. And that's when I knew I wanted to start acting. So my mom didn't know anything about being a, a stage mom or anything mm -hmm. like that. She was a teacher, you know. So she never really – she tried her best to get me into it, but it wasn't until I got older and I was able to – start going to after school programs and things like that where I kind of just branched out on my own. And I really just learned the industry for myself, mm -hmm. you know, learn what a headshot was, how to format my resume. How do I get an agent? I did all of that just researching on my own because nobody in my family knew they were all in education. Mm -hmm. 
So that's a, that's an amazing point that you say there. It's like you have a passion for something. And I think a lot of times creatives at a very young age develop a passion for what it is they want, but they don't really have the support around them because a lot of creatives end up doing the complete opposite of what most people in their family are doing. It's not always the case, but I've, I know a lot of creatives who they're like, they're the creative ones in their family. They're the creative person and everybody else kind of is in the same field, whether it be business, education, um, uh, pharmaceuticals, whether it be, you know, medicine, whatever it is. Uh, and not really having those people that can really culture you or cultivate you and your family. You really have to learn this stuff and do it on your own. So your journey really Listen, as an actor. I ain't had nobody. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> out there on a wing and a prayer. And you really have to figure this stuff out. So you really have to, because you were passionate about it, you really had to study your craft in order to master your craft. Listen. And I think that's very essential when it comes to acting and just uh, overall. So, uh because I know acting comes in different forms and I know you do entertainment overall. What is your, I guess, favorite form of acting? I've seen you do drama. I've seen you do comedy. I've seen you do improv. I've seen you do hosting. Which of these is, is like your, your go-to favorite and why? Um, that's hard. Cause there's each one of them gives you a different feel. Um, I started mostly with comedy cause I started off in musical theater but I think drama, just because it stretches me more, mm-hmm. comedy is something that just kind of, a lot of things I think, a lot of people think I'm funny most of the time, and I'd be dead serious. You know this. I'll say something, yeah. y'all will laugh at me, and I'm like, why are y'all laughing? I'm dead serious. <laughs> dead serious. <laughs> <laughs> and I get upset, but comedy is something that kind of just comes second yeah. nature to me, so it doesn't challenge me as much. Um, not to say I don't enjoy it, but drama is where I really get outside myself and I really get to become somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, That's very interesting. Myself as an actor. From an acting standpoint, you really don't, it, it's almost like you like doing what challenges you instead of what you know yeah. can be your niche. So if, if comedy is your niche and, and speaking of actors, not because you're not, you don't market yourself as a comedian, but acting comically is what you like doing but that's not necessarily what i've seen you do the most most of i've seen you do is drama which is what i would think would be oh that's my strong point but i think that's important for most people to realize and understand that um as an actor if you're really serious about your craft or whatever it is that you Mm -hmm. want to stretch yourself to be the best that you can be as far as in that film that that, that's almost reminds me of like method actors like um who literally they study individuals they study and whatever they're playing whatever you know whatever that's me whatever they're playing it's like they yeah they become that person and that may not be the easiest thing for them but they're actually challenging themselves to fit themselves into a role that is probably contrary to what their normal personality is yeah because if i'm playing myself all the time it's what's the point of acting yeah i'm just giving you the same thing over and over again and we see a lot of people that do that and it's it's easy for them. They get their formula, they get their check, they keep it moving. Yeah. So cool. But me as someone who just loves the craft, I like the challenge and the adventure of playing somebody. Like I played uh, a war veteran before with PTSD. So I went and talked to war veterans who have gone through this and have mm-hmm. gone through the treatment and what it was like and how scary it is to have these triggers when you hear a door slam and then yeah. you your mind sets you back to being out on the battlefield, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> but as opposed to just playing the funny guy in the group, we I do that all the time with my friends. So it's not a it's you know, not, it's really not a big. You, you want to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, and I think I think people right. learn how to. It's and I've, I've I've done a study on this, and I've I've kind of taught this before that I think 
um, actors have a very important role and it's a very difficult role in their creative process is because they actually really got to take themselves out of reality so much. Yeah. And it really can uh, affect them. And we've seen it just in Hollywood, period. A lot of actors who just go crazy um, because lose course, their bloody minds, lose their bloody minds and go and lose. And I hate that. <laughs> There's that Daniel Craig. They just lose. They just go crazy. And it's like, but they're, they're just amazing actors. You look at people like Heath Ledger, Heath, Heath Ledger. people like, uh, I mean, he's not crazy now, but it's, a, I've, I've talked to you about, I've talked to you before, uh, Jim Carrey, he, he has an excellent yeah. documentary on just like mental illness and stuff like just, but they're great actors and some of the best actors we see. Um, I think yeah. it, it, and you could talk about this being more in your field, uh, kind of how, how do you as an actor maintain coming in and out of those different roles? Because I've seen method actors that I've seen before, like one of my favorite actors is Denzel. And Denzel, I remember when he did Malcolm X, he talked about how after he did Malcolm X, he literally had to like detox from yeah. the things that uh, may have been the negative side of what we saw as Malcolm X as an individual and just, you know, um, his views on all whites was definitely different than what Denzel has to do in his normal life. And so right. he didn't want to keep, I mean, you like, I hate all white people, but you're working with them and stuff like that. So you can't really take on that mentality, but he had to make sure that he comes in and out of those roles. Like as an actor, what is like your advice or what things have you learned that are like good best practices to keep yourself level-headed, but also allow you to go into those moments of transforming yourself or fitting that character when you need to, so that you get the best product out of what you're doing. Um, for me, what I've learned is that you do have to isolate yourself or I put yourself in the mindset of that character. So you have to remove things that are not related to that character so you can really become that person. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, you have to sometimes change who you're talking to, change what's in your room, change your environments. Like if I'm playing a certain character and I'm trying to get in that mindset, I'll start dressing like him. Mm -hmm. I'll start, you know, talking like him on the regular I'll eat the things that he would eat, you know. But then afterwards, you have to start getting yourself back into that norm. You can't, You have to add those things back in. It's almost like uh, trying to accommodate somebody back to the real world after they've been in prison or, yeah. you know, in rehab. They have to realize certain things. Or uh, <laughs> for acting pretty much. Right. And so for some people, they don't know how it literally is like a mental switch for them. Wow. They don't know how to get back to that thing. So if somebody, especially if they're living by themselves or they don't have the accountability, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you, you've transformed into this person. So, it's, so now it's, you, <laughs> it's safe to say that it, when you're doing that type of acting, it is important for you to have a community of people around you so that you can have oh, yeah. you accountable. So you don't go so far off the deep end that you, again, become that character that you end up losing yourself and losing your identity. And it's, it's, it's great to go to the extent that you need to for the creative process. But I think the most important part about the creative process is knowing how to get there, but then also knowing how to trace yourself back. Get back. And I think that's what happened with Heath Ledger. I don't think he had accountability. He probably had people around him, but yeah. a lot of times in Hollywood, you have yes men. You yeah. have people that are either working for you or people that are benefiting from your fame that will just tell you what you want to hear mm -hmm. because they... Okay, if I tell you something that you don't like, yeah. I may cut off my good thing. Exactly. Or I may, or I may, I'm getting the best acting out of you that I ever had. So think about it. Right. All these people who have done these serious roles and kind of lost their minds have actually won awards. And it's like he's Ledger won the award for best actor for the Joker and, and you know, the Dark Knight. But in the day, he wasn't even there to receive it. So it's like you right. have those 
if you had the community and not those yes men, like what what director, what producer is going to say, stop being the character that we want you to be in such a exactly. grand fashion? It's like, but you have to learn how to sacrifice. You don't want to sacrifice the individual or the talent for the screen. And so I think that's important. And most actors actually need to understand that is that you have to know how to have an easy balance between yeah. the two. Now, one also thing I know, and I, you know, I have a lot of people around me that I know do acting and stuff, is that, and I, and I just heard this and just see this overall is that acting is a continual job unless it's, it's unless you're yeah. in the Avengers movie for the last twenty years, you probably didn't know where your job <laughs> was coming from, and that's superstars Listen. down the line. It, because it's like you get one movie and you may have a box office hit, but you got to make another movie. You can't just make one movie and be done. So, and, yeah. and let's talk about even in the twenty twenty, I really want to talk about actors. You know people like you who are, you know, definitely getting to that, going to get to that superstar status, but those people who are looking for jobs, looking for these gigs and stuff like that, how have you remained consistent and stable and making sure your craft is developed, your craft is sharpened, and that you're still exercising that creativity, even though studios are shut down, there isn't a lot of events that you can host, there isn't a lot of events that you can go out there, people, you know, have all these restrictions, how are you learning, and what advice can you give to a lot of actors out there who are like, I'm not getting no gigs, and I don't have an agent, I'm just starting, but they're not sharpening their craft. Listen, hustle. Hustle. I've been hustling. No. <laughs> um, acting classes, I tell people all the time, classes, you always have to study your craft. Even Denzel, um, Meryl Streep, the greats have acting coaches. Um, I've been working with, shout out to Giovanni Samuels, who has been my acting coach during this time of quarantine. Mm-hmm. She's amazing, but it's, I wasn't auditioning specifically for anything during this time, but I was just sharpening myself. So when those auditions, which they are now coming back in, boom, I'm ready. I'm yeah. on it. I never took a, I never really took a break. Yeah. I stayed in front of people's face um, with the kickback hosting. I practiced monologues at home. You kind of have to create your own opportunities. I do skits on TikTok, Mm. you know, and a lot of people think, oh, that's just social media, but it keeps you sharp. Yeah. It keeps you engaged. It keeps you creative. That's a really good perspective. And you, yeah. And you got to use what you got, you know, Um, take your money, invest it in the, like you see here, I have this production gear here. Mm-hmm. If any time I have to do a self tape or I'm like, Ooh, I want to post a monologue. All I have to do is put up these lights, yeah. this backdrop. I'm ready to go. Um, so you, so what Gio is saying, yeah, studio space for rent for anybody who needs. It. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you need to record a self tape, come see me. He let him know he's legit. He's got studio space. So you can hit him up on social media and, you know, schedule your time to come in to uh, use his facility. Absolutely. But yeah, it's, I think in anything you should invest in your career. And also I I try and talk to people who are further ahead than me. Mm -hmm. I believe in anything in your life that you do, you should be discipled. It's not just in the church. You should have a counselor, a mentor, somebody who's further ahead than you, who has not only done it, but done it well and get their advice. Ask them, ask questions, uh, ask when you can trail along. And sometimes on sets like Chicago fire, after I was done with my scene, if I'm not filming, I went and sat next to the director. Yeah. And I just listened to what he was doing. If he allowed me to ask questions, I would ask because everything is learning. If I know what a director wants, that makes me a better actor. Yeah. I know I've heard that from uh actually I remember it was an interview I watched of Tyler Perry. And so everybody looks at Tyler Perry. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about Tyler Perry, his wigs and everything like that. Um <laughs> and we know there's some things that we would like probably to see different. But at the end of the day, he's got more yeah. than most people who are criticizing him. So at the end of the day, criticize yeah. all you want. You don't have that level. But I know um, most people, you know, don't know and just doing research, Tyler Perry has never even owned to having a professional um, 
career or professional you know degree on film or media or television he's he's always said i'm a point and aim person like this is what i want he's you know came up with medea yeah. it, it was plays there's no really you have blocking on stage sets but you really don't have like yeah. uh you know on set camera film blocking, stuff camera like all that type all of that. stuff yeah. yes, he just goes out and he's got a group of professionals doing it i remember one interview he did when he acted on uh, gone girl um and he wasn't Medea. he was actually <sighs> an individual. i forgot he was in that movie he was in gone girl with ben affleck and he <laughs> said he literally and that you know that movie got nominated for a lot of um oscars that year I don't, awards, know, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it won i think it might have won i'm not too sure if it won anything um but i think it won original screenplay that i, I do think it did win but oh um I remember him saying that between sets, he would go sit down. I can't think of the name right now of the director or the producer and ask him, why are you shooting this this way? Why are you doing this that way? Why are you doing this way? Yeah. You're looking at the point that was Tyler Perry at the time where, you know, in our, you know, in the black circuit, everybody knew him. And then he was, he's done Lionsgate. He was with TPS at the time with the name of Tyler Perry Studios, all that stuff. He was yeah. already making films and he's still trying to learn. So, it comes to the point where you always have to, there's, there's nobody that you can't learn from in those situations. Um, yeah. if you just put yourself in a situation, just learn more. Um, in, and you talked about, you talked about Chicago fire. What are some other things that we may or may not have seen you in so that I really want people to be able to, you know, go out and, and see what you've been in, kind of see if they don't know you and stuff like that. So what are like some of the favorite, your favorite, you know, uh, scenes or shows or movies you've acted in and stuff like that. Okay. Well, definitely Chicago fire <clears throat> because the way that I got that was kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, I had auditioned for Chicago fire. So actually let's roll back to season one of Chicago fire. <laughs> Cause one. I've been on there. I was on there twice. Okay. So the first time I was on there, I was supposed to just be an extra. Um, and then I got a call and was like, hey, they're bumping you up. You don't have any lines still, but you're a feature extra. You're going to get paid a lot more. And I was like, okay. Not thinking anything of this one. I was like first just getting fresh into right. the Chicago scene. So I'm just excited. I was like, yeah. I'm you just like to be on set. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm going to be on set. I'm going to see everything. Um, and I get there and I'm, I got lost my first day because I went mm -hmm. to extras holding. And they said, no, you have a trailer. So when they finally found me, they took me to my trailer, everything. Um, I had to get special effects stuff done because my character got shot in the neck. So it was like, I got a, f I, I feel like I was privileged in mm -hmm. that aspect because one of my first times on set, I'm getting the full experience, experience yeah. of someone that's actually booked. Mm -hmm. And what that did was gave me the advantage for the next time that I was on a set. I did not, uh, I was used to it. Yeah. You know, didn't take it for granted or I wasn't like overly starstruck or anything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, first time was season one, episode, let's say six. It's called Rearview Mirror. They shot you on episode six. They shot me on episode six. Then I got shot again <laughs> in season five, episode 16, I think it is. It's yeah. called Telling Her Goodbye. But <clears throat> when I auditioned for season five, it, I finally had my agent and everything. Mm -hmm. I was established. Um, I've been, you know, I went through the ringer. I've done the classes. I made the mistakes, all those things. Um, but I went in for a different role and this happens a lot. So people don't yeah. get discouraged when you continually auditioning for a show. That means they actually like you. They're just trying to figure out where you fit. But for that same episode, I went in for a different role. Um, and as I was leaving out, you know, I love the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. I heard God say, he said, you're coming back for a different role. 
So the same building I auditioned in, my agent's office is downstairs. So I went downstairs to her after the audition to tell her, like, yeah, I don't know. I was like, I think it went well, but I was like, I just feel like I'm going back for a different role. Mm -hmm. And like before I left out the office, I think I was getting, I was either getting ready to leave or I was going to the bathroom. She was like, oh, they just emailed me. She was like, they want you to come in tomorrow before she was like a different role. She was like, wow, that's weird. So I went in the next day for that different role. Um, and I was the first person to go in. And so the directors were in there, everybody's in there and they usually don't say anything. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, this audition was weird because I had no lines. You just, I just had to, right. I got shot. And so my character is slowly dying. So they Mm -hmm. had to see me progressively die. I got it. And so they would give me a cube like, okay, your breathing is here. Okay. Now take your breathing here. Now taking it down. Now we need to see you like fade out. This is more nonverbal acting that you were doing. Nonverbal. So it was very challenging because mm-hmm. I'm like, how do, how do I go home and rehearse? Not breathe. dying. Yes. <laughs> so when I did it, the casting director said, up, she said, that looks like a week's worth of work to me. And I walked out and I was like, maybe three or four other guys out there. Now you're not supposed to do this. Y'all don't take my advice. But I stood out there and acted like I was trying to make myself busy to hear how the rest of these guys was breathing. And I was like, no, nah, he ain't dying right. He ain't <laughs> I got to do a bet. I got to die better than the next person did, the last person. Right. Just- so I'm listening to the other guys because I went first. And I'm listening to the rest of them. I was like, mm, no, nah. mm, you, you just got bronchitis. You ain't dying. You good. <laughs> but, so... Sure enough, I did book the role. Yeah. I was at work when I found out I booked it. I almost got fired, but it was fine because I got paid way more from the Listen, week working hey. there than I did on set. But yeah, Chicago Fire was my favorite because it was such a, a learning atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And it was a camp episode or tent episode, depending on where you're at, which means most of it was all shot in that same location. Mm-hmm. So we got to you know see the day to day ins and outs, and we were on set for about two and a half weeks. Yeah, most of the time when you book some your first big thing, is going to be a day player role. You're probably going to be on set for a day or two at the most, and then you're gone. Yeah. So I was very privileged to just see the ins and outs. And be able of to be that bit longer than most people actually would. Yeah, just for a day so, role. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So, yeah, and, so and, and I think it just it's a true testament to just uh, never being common with the opportunities that you get. And not taking it for granted, you know, this is a gift and whatever I, I know with actors, whatever role you book, it's a gift because you never know when the next one's coming up. You never know. It's always constantly changing. Genres are changing. Roles are changing. You've always got to, you know, fit into something and do something. Um, I ain't booked nothing else after that for about eight months. Eight months. It's <laughs> like you get book one, then you're like, listen, I got to go work somewhere else until I get the next one. But you never stop because you never know. Uh, and that's why they call it the big break. You know, it's like, hey, yeah. you know, big break comes through. You just never know. So you, you got to keep hustling and grinding. It, it's all yeah. a part of the process. I think in any What process, is it? It takes 10 years to be an overnight success? 10 years no. to be overnight. And then you got overnight success is still trying to go to the next level. They still, because the higher you get Absolutely. and the, the more life you live, and then you got to pay for that life. You know, want to... Want yeah. a more bougier lifestyle? You gotta gotta keep working. So. You gotta work harder, and you, you never know what the. And my next gig after that was a reality show, so it's like you. You just never know <laughs> where it's gonna take you. You never know which genre is gonna be that breakout, but you want to make sure that you're versatile in everything that you do because you don't want to get stuck. I, you know, being character typed and things like that. Listen. So, but Gio, thank you so much I, we um for being here today and, and just sharing your oh, no problem. Thank you. Definitely want to ask. We want to do some fun, just some quick questions for you at the end of this one. And then 
Um, you know, don't you know, I just, why is such a, a scary question for me to ask. So just so people get to know the personality about you. So who is your favorite actor or actress? So my favorite actor um, that I always look at because I love his versatility is uh, Corey Hardrick. Okay. So a lot of people don't know him. That is um, Tia, but, Tia's husband, right? Yeah, Tia Morris has Tia been. Morris husband. But um, he's been in the industry for quite a while, but he's yeah. like the small big roles there, mm-hmm. here and there. But like he just has this thing where he just commands the screen. Yeah. And it's amazing. I think he's very underrated. Um, but I love studying him because uh, if you ever get a chance to check out the movie he did called, uh, oh my God, what was the name of it? I'm going to look up the name of it. But basically in the movie, he's playing two versions of himself. Okay. Destin. It's called Destin. Destin, okay. Where he plays two versions of himself. Mm-hmm. And the way that he, the movie basically says no matter what you do in life, your destiny is going to happen at the end. So there was one where he was playing this businessman and another mm-hmm. one where he played this hardcore drug dealer. Yeah. And even though there were subtle nuances in between them, there were still certain characteristics that he kept between on both two. ends between the two. And it was just, it was brilliant. Yeah. Awesome performance. Um, but yeah, he's one of my favorite actors. Actresses, probably Meryl Streep. That's it. I was going to say that's, I, that's I, I, I need to, I need to work with Meryl Streep before she there. There is no there. Listen, Meryl Streep. I'm <laughs> telling you, I I can watch anything. Meryl Streep. She just favorite movie of hers is uh, the uh, Devil Wears Prada. I mean, you can't you can't beat uh, listen, <laughs> Miranda Priestley. The portrayal of Miranda Priestly. You just you just it's amazing. That's all. She's you can't <laughs> you can't do nothing about that. I mean, she she's she's. Amazing. She's just a beat. She transforms. She sings. She she amazing does it all. Method and amazing method actor. It's it's yeah. it's ridiculous how she's able to just transform. Favorite movie. Favorite movie. Now y'all gonna think I'm ghetto. Y'all be like y'all. You just talked about Meryl Streep. I'm so playing. No. <laughs> oh no, it's not that bad. <laughs> ATL. Oh ATL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little ghetto. It's all right. <laughs> it's a hood classic. I love it. It is a hood classic. Favorite uh, rom com. Favorite rom com. Hmm. That's good. Yikes. Black. Uh, that's any rom com. It doesn't matter. Would bridesmaids be considered a rom com? I think so. In yeah. a sense, yeah, because she was dating. She was talking to the. Uh, she was talking cop. to the cop. Yeah. That would be yeah, it, it'll probably be bridesmaids. Jesus, Megan. Jesus, Megan. <laughs> yeah, that works. Uh, last one. What is your favorite? Let's do. Let's do comedy. Favorite comedy. Ooh, I have so many. Is it uh, really hard to pick a favorite comedic movie? It is. Like, if I just had to pick one that I, I'm not, I know I'll always just pull off the shelf and laugh at. It'll be white chicks. White chicks. Probably watch. I can watch white chicks any day of the week, and they're still indeed. gonna laugh. That is true. That that oh is is 100% true. 100% That's true. That's a classic. It is a classic. You can't go. Okay. And it's amazing that White Chicks is still uh, available to us uh, with the pressing times that we are in today. I don't think Listen. White Chicks would ever gotten made in 2020. Oh, no. In 2020, <laughs> White Chicks would not have survived. 2000s. A, a lot. We, we, got, we weren't as racially sensitive uh, we, we just, um, before. And I, I think I talked about this on the kickback with uh, Gary and Giovanni, who were both in the 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 third bring it on movie 
Okay, yeah. There's a lot of racial jokes uh-huh. in there. There's one in there where they she tells the Chinese girl, she says, bite me, crouching tiger. I yeah. say, oh, no. It's in 2020, <laughs> this movie would have yeah. been <laughs> bad. Movies have changed throughout the years, as we can see, and, you know, it just... It's no fun anymore. <laughs> it is always fun. It is always fun to be uh, to respect people. But so, Gio, tell us how people can get uh, contacted with you, how they can watch the kickback, how they can book you, how they can get you for anything that they may want your services for. Yes. Um, so you can go to OnlyFans. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know these actors out here. They be Listen, acting. I be all, all forms of social media. They'll never know um, how they can get in contact. Um, so all my social media, everything for the most part, and this is important with branding, um, trying to make it consistent across the board is Geo Johnson. Okay. Um, that's my fan page on Facebook. That's my Instagram. That's my TikTok. Um, on Twitter is Geo Johnson with an underscore because there's a fake Geo Johnson who don't even tweet. Um, and then you can go to everything is linked on my website, geojohnson.com, which was uh, designed by this amazing guy named Justin L. James. He's just a beast at what he does. Don't know who that is. This yeah, like we, don't, we don't know him. Um, but uh, my booking email is on there, which is booking at geojohnson.com. So um, if you guys <clears throat> want me to host, if you want us to bring some of what we do at the kickback to you, to your events, we do it live. We all have the setup to do it live now. So you can book us, at, you know. That's it. You guys definitely take advantage of what Gio has to offer. He does birthday parties, bar mitzvahs, quinceañeras. He does everything. Um, do anniversaries, all. birthday, he does it all. So you Divorce guys parties, funerals. Listen, anything. He takes credit card, link, checks, any kind of cash app, PayPal. Whatever it is you yep. need, go out and get Gio. Uh, if you definitely want somebody <laughs> to be on there and operate your 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 entertainment purposes with excellence. Uh, so thank you, Gio, for joining us again for the Creative Ones Podcast. We definitely appreciate you on showing your not, It was an deal. honor. No, thank you okay. for having me. This is this is when we kick you out the studio. So. I've been waiting a long time for this. You know, we go and and we are so glad that we were able to go out to the alley and get you, and that you were still waiting for us. Wow, wow, wow! Yeah, I, I've been out there many, many years. Well, hey, you know, you gotta every everybody gets a chance. You know, listen, we, I paid my dues. You did, you did, you paid your dues, and we we and and we thank you for it, and we thank you. <laughs> But thank you so much, Gio. Uh, we appreciate your time, and we hope that uh, there's more success for you coming down the line, and we just can't wait to see what happens for you. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm going to continue to think, create, repeat. You know, a wise man once told me that. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, Gio. <laughs>